All right, listen up, spuds. This is Zap Brannigan, eh? master of time, space, and everything else in between. And, uh, oh, yeah, winner of this year's Modesty Award. Yeah. You're listening to You Suck. What's the difference with Al and Tom? You're one stop for this sort of thing. Yeah. Should I press record? I did it. I did so, it. I did it. Well, yeah, come on. So, like, okay, you drink a can of soda, right? What do you do with the empty can? Chuck in the recycling. You're chucking the recycling. That's, and it goes and obviously it gets recycled and it fucking goes on to the next step and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what they do over here in America, right? We fuck those cans. We stick our little pinkies in there and we fucking, no, I don't know. That would cut up your dick way up, man. No, that your dick would look like a fucking slinky. Yeah. Um, Alex, have money. Not to say silly things. Really? That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, that's why, like, you'll, you always hear about homeless, like, picking up, like, Coke cans and bottles and shit like that. And some cans and bottles are worth more than others. Check out this. Is it a lot of money? Um, It's five cents for the cans. But you got to think, like, you find 20 random cans on the side of the road, that's a fucking buck, or at least an American buck. And if you find liquor bottles, like glass bottles, that's 15 cents. That's well, I wonder bad. why that's a, I wonder why that's a thing here, but not over there. I don't know. I, I, I mean, maybe there's a, there's something that I've missed. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's not really ever something I ever think about to be honest. But like, yeah, it's um, it's a crazy world. It's been a, a, a very difficult month this month, I've got to say, because mm. I kind of, yeah, it's, it's more of a case of misplaced sort of fund, not the fact that I can't afford life. It's more of a fact that. I changed my bank card, which mm. made all my stuff late. Like not, not just like StreamYard was affected and a few other things. It's one of those things when you change a bank card, it's a pain in the ass, right? It really is fucking oh yeah, this thing. Um, <laughs> well, because so, yeah. good luck remembering everything that that bank card's attached to. We take for granted how much we just attach to it. Like my wife, on a consistent basis, will be like, "Oh, Hulu hit." Um, Netflix hit, this hit, Disney hit, blah, blah, blah. Like all sorts of things will hit. And you don't think about these things as, um, you know, a group. You think about them as singular things. Cause, right. That's why, like, you're like, oh, it's only 15 bucks for Netflix. Oh, it's only seven bucks for Hulu. Oh, it's only like seven bucks for Disney, wherever the fuck have you. And then, yeah. like, you do the math all together and you're like, oh, shit, that's like fucking 80 bucks in streaming alone, not to mention my internet. And these things are all attached to your bank cards. So the moment your bank card's fucking gone, what's paying all those things? Your good looks. Exactly right. So I've been thinking about this a lot today because, like, uh, Sky, I've got this uh, this deal. You get you guys get Sky over there, don't you? Sky TV. It's like, um, no, that's a. I mean, we have it, but that's like a you thing. Okay, Without so yeah. here Sky's been a thing forever. So it's, it's, it, was, it originated from cable to went to Sky and where you can have all the channels you know you can have like over a thousand mm. channels and you have the sports channels the tv the movies the kids channels the music channels you get all packages right so that's how, that's how it's always been over here in the uk uh, if you want that extra tv you'll pay for it and it was always a treat to have that as a family for me anyway mm. um but they got this great deal now with uh sky q where you can have netflix and spotify and YouTube Premium and everything thrown in and, and Disney Plus and so like it's ridiculous amounts of money but it's only money you 
But you're right, you know, I probably spend about as much on streamers or streaming content as I would mm. on a Skype prescription, uh, subscription anyway. So, yeah, Well, weird. I think it's more about just convenience factor, right? Because even having to look through the channels, you might hit on something that you like. You might not hit something that you like. Um, it, it's, it's a weird, weird system. I'm going to send you a news article really quick that I found so fucking intriguing because you know me. Um, okay. Here, vamp for a second. Um, yeah, I will. Uh, so, uh, words and stuff, stuff and words. Yeah, so it has been a, a, a crazy uh, sort of month, but I think it's one I'm going to learn from because um, it's it's the simple things in life that I feel like I've appreciated this month. Like, you know, uh, yeah, StreamYard fucked up, and yeah, there was this, that, and the other, and I had to borrow money off my wife to get by and stuff. But, like, today I've been out and had a really nice day with my family. It, mm. like, we booked this a while ago. It cost just under £60 to go out, oh, that's out not to bad. a safari park. That's like, what, like 70 bucks American or something like that? Uh, like so, 90? Probably, probably something like that. Yeah, yeah, about the same. So a safari park, you go in, you get to drive around. There's a walking safari where you can see the tigers and the giraffe and uh, meerkats and stuff. And there's a, a funfair, a, a, like a, almost like a theme park. I'd say an almost theme park. There's like uh, a little mini like roller little coaster. Ride. Yeah, a little ride, yeah, yeah. yeah, a little sky ride thing that spins around and stuff. And we had a great time. And that's the thing in life that I should be enjoying is is like the the, the things that you can't pay for, you know. Um, you know, I've been very tense in the group with the Yusuk guys. Uh, I, I have been this week because I have been I've I've I kind of overloaded myself with with work with this radio show thing I'm doing, but at the same time, uh, I know for a fact that once it's all in, once all that work is done, it's there then. That infrastructure is built. I don't need to do it again. All I need to do is renew my music and keep things fresh, right? So I knew that was going to happen, and it just exhausted me. So I got I turned into a snappy little bitch. I'm going to be honest, and I apologize to everybody for, for being that way. But the things that are important are, are the way my team reacted. My team reacted in the best way. You guys are fucking amazing because you didn't go, oh, fuck that Whiteley bitch. You were like, I love Alex. Let's make sure everything's okay. And everybody was nice to me and we got through it. And that's why I love my fucking Yusuk team. I think you're all amazing. Oh, we love you as well, man. And we knew, like, you know, it, th here's the thing is you're our friend first and foremost, but you're also technically like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you are the boss, but like, you know, most things generally kind of happen because you put them into motion. So you do a fuck ton of work. So it, it seems almost like wrong to be like, dude, you're you're taking on too much when it's like, well, it's either that or some things just don't happen. So that's why, generally speaking, like, I'm always a little tentative when it comes to being like, uh, I don't know. But, like, we've built such a fucking good rapport that I also feel like I'm the only one that can fucking really be like, hey, man, like, this is, you know, getting to be a little much. And, you know, what, the fact that you acknowledge it is obviously a lot better than if you had no foresight whatsoever and you're like, oh, nothing's wrong with me whatsoever. It's fucking everything else in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the first one to say, oh, fuck, it's not a good day today. In fact, I was so backed up with stuff from the biscuit. Um, I did pretty much the same with the biscuitiers. I was kind of like, hey, help, like, you know, uh, and uh, I, I, I was trying to catch up and I kept like writing wrong words and emails and doing wrong things and I'd, my brain just wasn't working. I was just like, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go play on the PlayStation, guys. Just see you in a bit. Have a great weekend. Cancelled the VMS for this weekend. We're not doing a VMS this weekend because fuck it. I'd, I'd prefer to spend yeah. some time with my family. 
Yes. It, it's really important. Yeah. Like, um, like today I just really got off a 14 hour shift, which I'm fucking just completely wiped from the moment I walk in the door. Like all I want to do is just see my family. We're going, um, and I already told you about this, but I'll tell everyone that's listening. <clears throat> I'm going to, everybody knows I've been doing some video recording. I'm getting a little bit better at doing it. My SD card fucking completely reformatted on me, which made me lose everything I had filmed so far, which is a, Fuck. which is a big bummer. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I, cause I, I video record things so I could edit it in the future and put it on, but it's like, whatever, start fresh, not a big deal. Um, today me and the wife are going on a date. Like we don't go on them very much. So we're going down to Burlington, which is, you know, an hour and 45 minute trek. And we're going to go a couple places. One of those places is dinner. We're going to stop. We're going to have dinner with one another, enjoy each other's company. We're also going to go into a good old fashioned American gun store. And I know you guys in the UK, that's not really a thing like that. So one of the things, no. And one of the things I love about what we do is much like you were just really reminding me about digestive biscuits in comparison to graham crackers. Um, I like to show a little bit of what we live. So I think it's going to shock you a tiny bit of what the, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it like in movies and stuff, but like the real life, um, the real life thing is a little, a little different. Do you think they're going to be okay with me just recording in there? I mean, you can go in ahead of time and just be like, or even bring them up. Pick up the phone, like some stuff. Be like, yo, well, I want to. I want to do a thing for my, my my British listeners back home. Show show them how responsible, like speak their language, and be like, I want to show people how responsible you are when you can buy a gun. I want to show people how it's done, uh, just to show that the, in, the guys in the UK that there's no like. You want to buy some exploding bullets with that thing that you can aim at crowds of people? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's really well put. Actually, I think I'll do that as soon as I get out of here. Did you um? Did you? Oh, really quickly. Speaking of video games, uh, Thomas, my middle, has been uh, playing Kingdom Hearts, the remake. And like, I, I don't know, Jeez. man. Like, you do like great choice. It all stemmed from him playing uh, Super Smash Brothers Deluxe or Ultimate, whatever the fuck it is. And I, I watched him beat the storyline. Like you, you would never imagine that there'd be such a thing, but just like in a Soul Calibur and any other of those fighting games, there is a storyline <clears throat> mode that you can choose from. So he's playing it. He gets through it like without my help. He did not get a lick of help when it came to Smash at all. And at the very end, it's this really kind of cool thing where all the shadow versions of these characters are fighting you. And you're like, all this music's going on in the background. It's very anime. <clears throat> and as I'm watching it, I just happen to say, wow, this is really reminiscent of Kingdom Hearts. Because obviously the, you, you fight the shadow version yourself, the music, everything else about it, the graphics. And he's like, what's Kingdom Hearts? And I was like, maybe it's ooh, ooh, time. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one of those moments. I was like, maybe it's time to like upgrade him in how he thinks about video games. So I was like, Fuck it. First of all, the game was dirt cheap. I got Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5, the final mix for $16, like together. Online. Dude, no, um, at eBay or EB, uh, no, GameStop, GameStop. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I just went there, bought a physical copy of it so I could have it forever. Brought it home. And at first, I was kind of concerned. I was like, fuck, dude. And like, he, he's not really getting it. In the, you know, of course, I was really shitty and judgy right off the bat, but he's been on it for a week and a half. He's locked. And by locked, um, part of the game is you go into each planet and you point your key at the lock that keeps the heartless out, as you know. And um, that's how you lock a planet. He's fucking locked three planets already. 
It's found his thing, man. It's found his groove. I feel like it's I intense. feel like th- there's got to be a game out there for everybody uh, when you're younger that makes you think, ah, oh, maybe I'm not too bad at this thing, or maybe you've been doing it for the, since you were that young. You you can't even remember that moment, but I feel like. <clears throat> For me, it was Destruction Derby. I, the, the, that was my kind of game. Like I was, I, we'd all play, and there was a mode in Destruction Derby where you do like a race, but you try and score like, the amount of points, uh, the best uh, damage, the most damage points about fucking your car up wins, right? And I would fucking win. I'd win every time, and I'd be like, ah. Oh. And then, uh, what is this? Give me a little back because I'm like you said it, and I thought I recognized it. Is it a Sega, um, Nintendo? What's PlayStation, the PlayStation? Uh, Place Destruction Derby. Or Derby, as you guys call it. Um, oh, it like a stock okay, car gotcha. Game. Stock car game. There's destruct- like a, Destruction like Derby a burnout? 1. Like uh, Burnout, the game? Very similar to the Burnout. Let me find, see if I can find a picture. Um, Destruction Derby 2 was the one we used to play. Uh, and you'd have um, Destruction Derby 2. I found out I wasn't too bad at racing games. Um, and then I bought V-Rally. Do you remember V-Rally? V-Rally was fucking awesome. <clears throat> No, well, generally speaking, what I played on like um, PlayStation were um, the Resident Evil games. I played all those on there. Um, I played Crash Bandicoot. I played the original Spider-Man. Um, but really, like my strongest memories of video gaming are my earliest um, games, which would be Nintendo and Sega, and Destruction Derby. Derby. Um, that looks dope. It's okay, yeah. So it, wicked. Yeah. That's you awesome. get points for like uh, hitting cars and how many hit points you get and stuff, and you get to go to the pits and you'd have so many seconds to go around and just spin your car around and press X to fix all the parts of your car. But if you blew your radiator, you're out. Oh, okay. It's it fucking great, and yeah, hmm. that's good. I'd like you to. Do they have destruction derby? Do they have a uh, crash derbies over there in the UK? I believe like real so. things. It's, it's started to like. Uh, the, the sort of motocross sort of thing has sort of made a big mm. thing over here over the last sort of 10 years. They built like this multi-million pound motocross arena uh, in the UK and it just caused a bit of, a bit of a surge. It's not massive, but, um, you know, things like Monster Truck, Destruction, the, the yeah. stop car racing, the proper stop car racing. Yeah, it's good. I mean, motorsport over here, it's like it runs through people's veins. Mm. <sighs> Formula. Formula Car was was started over there in the UK. Formula One that's what rallying, like... uh, rally's huge over here. Rally, yeah, that that's a French thing, right? Like they that started in the French Alps, if I'm not mistaken. The whole rally um, hmm. race, if I'm, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think. I used to march all them when I was a kid. Um, I, I just knew someone that used to do it, and we're like, "Can we come?" And they're like, "Yeah." So we went, and we went, and we went, and we went, and we, we learned how to do it. So you'd have time step chop points. You'd have like corners. You'd stand on in case a car rolled over. You'd back people up, or you'd help people out with bad cars and stuff. Like it was good, good fun, man. Like some of the shit you'd see. Um, mm. I uh, once again, I, I we need to get together in real life sometime. And don't go wrong, we get together, you know, twice a week sometimes. But there's so many things like when you come here i'm like i know you want to go to florida and like do all the other stuff but really you just need to spend a week here and we're just going to do tons of american shit it's going to blow your fucking mind i think i want to go shooting definitely want to go shooting because i do yeah we were driving through chester today and uh we drove past the area i think was uh where we used to go shooting and um i was like oh i was just remembering 
the competition side of it and like walking down and trying to you know thinking well where did those bullets drop and what kind of grouping did i get and you know the competition side of it was really fun you know because mm. you did work on it and you get better and you'd be able to work out what went wrong or snatched at that one or you know <laughs> yeah it was, it was just it was good um yeah we call that area my backyard in america <laughs> <laughs> oh god um so anyway we've got a couple of things to talk about um there's obviously a, a trailer that dropped this week um and that was for oh. there's the the i mean the the ghostbusters one i put on the facebook thing mm. i think that's a couple of months old that's a few months it old is. but I, I, yeah but i stayed away from it man i'd stayed away from it because i thought i don't want to do that to myself because i do that all the time watch trailers watch trailers watch trailers i'd like to go into it fresh but i watched it for the first time it's fucking great man i know it's a few months old but it's the first time i watched it so this is my first reaction to it yeah it's it's fucking phenomenal looking i am so impressed because like you know especially after the last one which was really wasn't that great and i was trying to like it like you know i really want like the ghostbusters in general so i wanted to you know support whatever ghostbusters type thing came out but it wasn't that great that i don't think they understood exactly what they're doing with this on the other hand is how you continue the ghostbusters without needing to bring in everyone even though i'm fairly certain they've talked about in the past that everyone's going to show up if I'm not mistaken. I've said for years they should do a, a Ghostbusters, the next generation. And mm. I feel like that's what they're going to do. I feel like they're going to go with these kids and maybe uh, have Paul Rudd as their kind of... Uh, Mentor. Anthony, Anthony Head sort of character, you know, the kind of the researcher and the uh, the guy. I don't know. It, like, just, okay, like the scene where they figure out that the Ecto... You know, spoilers in case you're not trying to watch the trailer... Um, the scene where they figure out that the Ecto one has a gunner seat and just the sound it makes as their dude, that gives me chills. I love that. Yes, dude. It's so good. It's the so, scene as well with uh, Paul Rudway. He's got like the tablet and he's like showing them or the laptop yes! and showing them going through not New York. I was like, yeah, those were the fucking yeah. days, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I was there, you know? <laughs> oh my God. God. It's, it's, it's going to be fucking brilliant. And we still have to wait a couple months for it, but damn i got so excited that i bought it my um me and the wife got a ghostbuster shirt for me so i could rock that um i want to get on the train before everybody else starts getting on the train so that was awesome that kid so i can play with his pro unpack mm. uh, bert kreischer <laughs> that's the other one. <laughs> just changed uh so bert kreischer is the other one I, <laughs> that i saw um he's doing a film with mark the... hamill yeah yeah they're doing the machine which uh, really makes me question where the fuck like mark hamill's gonna be in it but it like i don't know everyone knows that me and you are huge matt oh is he yeah <laughs> that's interesting you everyone knows that you and me are massive bird Kreischer fans we we love stand-up comedy in general i've been to a couple of the shows you're a big supporter um i i got to meet the dude i actually got to party with bird Kreischer. fucking a um but this makes me so excited because they've been talking about for years that they were going to make you know because if anyone knows anything about burt kreischer van wilder is technically the burt kreischer movie it's ryan reynolds but it's based off of burt kreischer's life not to the real extent but just how much of a partier was and how long he stayed Party liaison. <laughs> yeah do you remember fuck dude that was a good movie uh, i need um, to watch that again yeah Speaking of good movies, like all, I don't know if you got to listen to the whole live, um, but everyone started reminiscing really hard on Grandma's Boy. Grandma's Boy? Yeah, the fucking Happy Madison movie about, um, it has all most of the characters from Adam Sandler's, you know, uh, 
You've never seen Grandma's Boy? No. Oh, snap. Oh, dude, this is a movie for you. It's it's Ooh. great. It's about video game testers and um they have like uh this protege this protege dude who like works for him, but he's like a big tool. And the girl that played Velma and Scooby Doo starts to work for him and Alan uh remember the the guy who played the roommate little nicky the one who's like my coke tastes like pepsi oh, yeah it reminds he's me of mccalfresh he does <laughs> yes he's the main character I... and he uh nick swartzen's in it fucking jonah hill's in it dude it's a phenomenal movie you absolutely need to watch grandma's boy you're gonna okay. laugh your fucking it's on my list off. it's on my list well look our guest is here i think we should introduce our guest oh fuck um, we didn't even get to talk about the news story Oh, that's okay. It's fine. We've got time afterwards. Right, okay. Introducing Dr. Ben Fuchs to the, the, the stream. How's it going, Ben? What's up, fellas? I didn't know I was going to be on now. I'm happy to. I was just saying hello, but I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad okay. Uh, How are you guys <laughs> we, we were just... Okay, so we, we this is the new uh, sort of format that we do in our show. We do like a green room thing um, where we sort of do a pre-chat, wait for a guest to turn up and then go into the show. But we can give you a few minutes to compose yourself if you like. No, I'm good. No, we're go. good to go. Um, mm. Well, guys, welcome to What's the Difference podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley. And I'm Tom Bruno. Yay, and this is the main portion of our show. And like I said, we are joined by Dr. Ben Fix. Thank you so much for joining us, Ben. Well, thank you so much for wanting me to. It's an honor. And uh, I'm a pharmacist. Not a, I, can't, I can't make a claim to being a physician, uh, but I'm a okay. pharmacist. And I, work, I work in medicine. I'm a, me- I'm a medicine man, literally. Um, medicine man. Oh, my. <laughs> Um, I'm a little more holistic and new agey when it comes to my medicine. That's not to say I don't believe in all the major. No, I'm a nutritional pharmacy. I use nutritional pharmacy. I, I use nutrients where other pharmacists and healthcare professionals use drugs. So I specialize mm. in working with nutrition. Uh, my real specialty is skincare. And I got into skincare because I saw how people's skin improved when I started to use nutritional supplements to help people with their blood pressure and their weight and their uh, various health challenges. I noticed that their skin would improve and it dawned on me that the same uh, nutrition that was helping people with their internal conditions was helping people with their skin. So I got into I got into the skincare business. And now I I uh, formulate nutritional products for the skin, nutritional topical products. Yes, um, and it is extremely interesting. And I was very grateful because <clears throat> um, that you're coming on today. I've been having some issues, and I'm not asking for a diagnosis, but I was hoping maybe you could shine a light on some of like um, I used to be big, like um, Doctor uh, Ben. I, I almost called a doctor again, Ben. I've been um, I've been skinny for how long? I've been skinny now for Alex. A Since year? Uh, wait, yeah, 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 about, uh, longer than a year. I'd say about 14, it, 14, 15 months. Yeah. 14, 15 months. I used to be 280 pounds. Um, oh, I am wow. now. Yeah, yeah. I'm now 180 pounds. Oh my gosh. And in, awesome. in a place, thank you. And in, in a place where I used to have fantastic skin, like I'd never catch a zit. Like that was never been my bag since I was like 16 years old. But I've noticed, and my wife has noticed too, that ever since I've lost all the weight, and she's been attributing to the fact that like things are able to finally bust through. There's not like this thousand uh, layer no. epidermis. To, <laughs> that's to, cute. Uh, that's that's yeah. clever. That's clever. But I would say I wouldn't say that's the case. Were you? Uh, did you do use medication to get rid of the weight, or how did you get rid of the weight? Uh, keto. I did keto. Oh, you want keto? Uh, Very nice. Yes. Very nice. I haven't. 
I'm not doing keto any longer now. I just kind of maintain what I eat and I'm just very observant of how much I put in my body and how much my body needs to use up before I eat again. It used to be like I'd use food as my boredom killer, right? I, I love food. I hear you. I hear you. Still, to this day, I, I still have a problem with, oh, I need to stop right now. Um, the way I solve that is by watching my 600-pound life. So if you watch a couple episodes of that, you don't want to touch food. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. It it shows you how um, out of control weight can get. But like um, nowadays, even when I wash my skin with the appropriate soaps, I try to use all natural soaps. I try to like be very. It's not a topical thing. You know, this, that's a really interesting. No, that's, that's why I got in the business was to clear up a lot of baloney that's out there in the world of skincare, in the world of skin in general, skin is, uh, skin conditions occur from the inside out. Like, as you would, as would make sense, the skin's an organ of the body. So it mm. responds to things like an organ that is nutrition, that is toxicity, and that is emotional and psychological issues. Those are the main parameters that control all of our health, whether you were talking about cancer or heart disease or whether you're talking about acne or whether you're talking about eczema or a skin condition. So you want to focus always, always, always on nutrition, number one, toxicity, number two, and much of the toxicity that comes into our system comes in through the digestive tract. In fact, most of it, in fact, all of it, unless you're injecting things through your skin, other than that, the only toxicity comes in through foods. Occasionally, people breathe things in, but for the most part, it's foods. And then thirdly, and never underestimate this when it comes to the health of the body or, or the appearance of the skin, is psychology. And by psychology, I'm talking spirituality, I'm talking mental, and I'm talking emotional. In fact, those are the four dimensions of healing that always need to be addressed. And not addressing those four dimensions accounts for our collective poor health. In this country, I think you guys are in the UK, and it's just as bad as, as just as bad over there. You're, are you domestic? Are you UK? I'm I'm, uh, I'm American. Alex okay. is from the UK. So UK is very similar to the United States. Is that uh, we're very unhealthy. We're uh, the, un- among the most unhealthiest. In fact, maybe the un- most unhealthiest culture in the history of the world, despite the fact that we have more doctors per capita than any other culture, more devices, more diagnostics, more insurance, more drugs, more surgeries, more of everything when it comes to health. But we're sicker than ever before. And it's because we're not addressing the spiritual, mental, emotional components, as well as what I call the fourfold square of health, which is nutrition, movement, rest and respiration. Between all of those elements, you have no medicine, you have no drugs. You know, it's interesting. I told you as a pharmacist, and immediately I, I could see you're, you're heading towards the world of pharmacy, which is medicine. I got into pharmacy because I want to help people. And as soon as I found out that I was dispensing drugs, I, I made my egress. I exit stage left, and I went into nutrition, and I went into understanding all of the dimensions of healing. And that's why we're not, we're not as healthy as we should be because we're not leveraging taking advantage of all of these systems, the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, and the physical in terms of the fourfold square of health, which as I say, is movement, rest, nutrition, and oxygen or respiration. And so as far as your skin goes, I'm guessing that you're dealing with A, a nutritional issue, either a nutritional, probably a nutritional deficiency, and B, some kind of toxicity issue. Now, there may be the other dimensions, the spiritual, mental, emotional dimensions. I, I'm not going to go there, but from a nutrition, purely physical perspective, there's nutrition that's involved, and there's also uh, toxicity that's involved, which is toxicity through the digestive tract. Food conditions, uh, dairy allergies, peanut allergies, what's called leaky gut syndrome. I don't know if you've heard of this condition called leaky gut syndrome, where toxins get into the blood. They're behind all skin issues, eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, acne, even dry skin and aging skin, which we consider to be normal, 
it, they become normalized because so many people had dry skin and aging issues, hyperpigmentation, wrinkles, thinning skin, et cetera. Even those can be laid on the doorstep of nutritional deficiencies and toxicities. So my, what I do, in addition to formulating products, and I have a line of skincare products, which I think you guys saw on my website, is I educate. And it's funny you said doctor because the true meaning of the word doctor is educator. A doctor is a teacher, like doctrine. You know, a doctrine is a teaching. Mm -hmm. The real meaning of a doctor is an educator. A good doctor doesn't just dispense drugs. A good doctor doesn't just carve you up. A good doctor tells you what's happening, educates you so you can be your own. The way I look at it, I want to teach you to be your own doctor. I want you to make your own diagnosis. It's funny because doctors own, the medical community owns diagnosis. Well, guess what? Your diagnosis doesn't matter. Your diagnosis is just a word. It's just a description. So fibromyalgia, for example, just means you have muscle pain. Multiple sclerosis, for example, means you just have hardening in various parts of your body. What we call diagnoses, they don't tell us anything. They're just a description of what's happening in your, uh, what's happening. So you go to the doctor, you say, oh, my muscles hurt. He goes, oh, you have fibromyalgia. What does that mean? It means your muscles hurt. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what the diagnosis is. It's the silliest thing. Our bodies, in, in addition to that, the diagnosis is irrelevant because our bodies break down generically. No matter what the disease is, the same mechanisms, whether it's happening in the nerves and you call it multiple sclerosis, it's happening in the blood vessels, you call it atherosclerosis, whether it's happening in the, in the joints and you call it arthritis or whether it's happening in the skin and you call it psoriasis, it's all the same mechanism. And that is cells, the living cells underneath the skin or in the joints or in the blood vessels or wherever the sickness happens to occur are somehow not getting what they need. It's not a fancy science. It's just the cells are not getting what they need. Or they're be, or, in combination with toxicity. They're getting the stuff they don't need, and they're not getting the stuff they do need. It's really that simple. All of health. Go on, Tom, Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Is, is yeah. <laughs> oh, I love your energy, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're absolutely so infectious. Oh, my God. I love that. I, I, I mean, you just exploded onto the show. I love that so much. <laughs> I get very, you know, I, I love human beings. I have dedicated my life to helping humanity. I don't want to see human beings suffer. And I know they don't have to suffer. I've been in the healing business now for 35 years. I've seen people who had cancer not have cancer. I've seen people who had autoimmune diseases not have autoimmune diseases. I've seen people suffering with skin problems not have skin problems. I've seen what's cap what the human body is capable of. And I am very passionate about uh, showing people or explaining to people that they don't have to suffer, that our mm. suffering is voluntary. And so, yes, I am very passionate about it. And it's interesting. I love the word passion. You know, pa it's one of my favorite words. I love words in general, but passion is one of my favorite words. You know what, pa you know what the opposite of passion is? Etymologically, word-wise. Uh, lazy? Or lethargy? No. no. I know, and I see where you're working, but check out the word passion, right? The opposite of passion is action. Okay. Pa isn't this interesting? Passion comes from the root passive, P-A-S-S, -S, pass, right? Action is the opposite of passive, act to act and to be passive. Okay. So we say, what the heck is that about? Why, when I hear somebody's passionate, I don't, I don't see them being passive. When you're passionate, you're being pulled by something. You're, it's out of your control. A really passionate person is being pulled by his beloved. 
He, it's no longer about him. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what it means to be a passionate person. Something you love is pulling you. And so that's right. I am passionate in the sense that what I love is the human being. What I love is the human body. What I love is life. And so, yes, I am passionate about that because I want people to have life and have life abundantly, have more life, have a quality of life, have a great life. And that's what makes me passionate. Now, so, passion, by the way, also, passion also comes from the words, means to suffer, you know, like hmm. the passion of the Christ. Yeah. And it also means to suffer. And sometimes it's suffering when, you, when you're really passionate about something, it costs you. And this is why people don't like to feel passion. That's why sometimes people would rather check out of life than be passionate hmm. because there's a certain suffering that's associated with passion. To me, I think, oh, oh, they, you know, Plato said, or Socrates said, the unexamined life is a life not worth living. To me, the unpassionate life is a life that's not worth living. So in your opinion then, like, because um, you mentioned cancer, and that's something I happen to be very intimately familiar with. I had a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at a very young age. I was 16, and I, um, I wow. had non-Hodgkin's. Um, I had to go through, tre- I had to go through uh, two different big regiments of uh, treatments to get rid of it. I went through chemotherapy for a year, and then I went through radiation through, uh, through almost a year. Um, are, you, are you saying that my body could have taken care of that by itself, or...? Cancer is a very interesting thing. A cancer, first of all, there's no such thing as an organ cancer. There's no such thing as breast cancer. There's no such thing as prostate cancer. There's no such, and I I got that, Tom. I I could see you say, what the heck's he talking about, right? There's no such thing as brain cancer. There's no such thing as uh, pancreatic cancer. There's no such thing as skin cancer. What there is, check this out, okay? This is really an important distinction. There is skin cell cancer. There's Mm. prostate cell cancer. There's breast cell cancer. There's brain cell cancer. There's blood cell cancer. Now, why is this important? It's not just semantic, okay? Mm. Because if we think the cancer is taking place at the organ level, we're out of luck. There's nothing we can do. We can only remove the organ or poison the organ or figure out a way to kill the organ or somehow radiate it or, or electrocute it or somehow do something to the organ, and it's a very tough road to hoe. But if we understand that the cancer is occurring at the level of the cell, now all we have to do is figure out how do we address the cell. And the good news is that a cell has been on planet Earth for three and a half billion years. And in that three and a half billion years, that cell has developed a menu with which it likes to eat from, a very narrow menu. There's not a lot of things that can go wrong with the cell. A cell can only be starved. A cell can only be toxic and a cell can only be suffocated. Those are the only three things that can go wrong with a cell. And a cancer cell is a cell that has been suffocated, toxic, and starved for so long that it doesn't know what else to do. So in order to understand what I just said, you gotta understand that there's two kinds of cells. There are advanced cells and there's primitive cells. Advanced cells are cells that have lots of parts to them. They have lots of... uh, uh, lots of uh, uh, detoxification strategies associated with them. They divide very carefully. And most importantly, an advanced cell is a cell that gives up its life, its independence, I should say, for the, for the life of the organ. So an, uh, an advanced cell, an advanced liver cell, is no longer its independent. It contributes itself to the liver. A mm. cancer cell is a cell that is so, uh, has been starving for so long 
has been suffocated for so long, has been toxic for so long, that instead of being an advanced cell that gives up of its life for the life of the liver or the life of the pancreas or the life of the whatever organ you're talking about, it now says, screw you. I am going to go off on my own and I am now going to divide because you didn't take care of me for so long. So now I'm just going to go and divide. And it goes backwards in time to a point where it never became an organ. Old uh, primitive cells don't become organs. Primitive cells are like bacteria. They just divide and they divide and they divide and they don't care about the organ anymore. They're sociopathic cells. They're cells that literally in order for a cell to be delivered, it has to be contribute to the, to the, to the community. It has to dedicate itself to the organ. A cancer cell is like, screw you. I am now going off and dividing because you didn't care about me for so long. And it just divides and it divides and it divides. And when it's dividing that fast, it doesn't have a chance to become, have substructures. So it doesn't have a chance to become advanced. And all it knows how to do is divide. And that's what a cancer cell is. A cancer cell is an advanced cell that has gone back in time. So it's more like a bacteria and a primitive cell. And this costs it the ability to become an organ. And that's what a cancer mm. cell is. The bottom line is it's the end result of long-term duress, long-term toxicity, long-term starvation, and long-term suffocation. Now, red uh, blood cells are a little bit most cancers occur in older people or in people who have been toxic for a very toxic starving and, and uh, under duress for a long period of time. Bloods, blood cancers are a little bit different. Kids get blood cancers. And uh, like I, you said, you were 16, I think, when you, when you got yeah, yeah, 16, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Because the cells of the immune system, the white blood cells, and the cells of the, uh, of the blood, the, the, uh, well, it's mostly the white blood cells, actually, they divide extremely rapidly. So they can get under duress they can come under duress even at an early age. And that's why kids will get lymphomas. But guess what? Kids recover often from lymphomas as well because the kids' immune systems are stronger and they're more, they haven't been abused as long as older people. Mm. Prognosis for a child with cancer is much better than a prognosis for an older person who has cancer because the older person has been contaminating the system for a very long period of time. So mm. usually cancer is going, almost always cancer will be involved with duress. Now, not just physical duress. Remember, we talk about the multiple dimensions. There's psychological duress. There is uh, mental, mental duress, emotional duress, as well, well as spiritual connection. So the answer to your question is, yes, I have a book, uh, a textbook called Spontaneous Remissions from Cancer, which is case studies of people who have remitted spontaneously from cancer. And mm -hmm. it happens about once every 100,000 cases or so. It's not common, but if one person can do it, spontaneous remit, that means the body is capable of spontaneous remission. That means anybody can do it, right? Even if they mm. tell you, you have a 95% chance, you know, pancreatic cancer, they'll tell you, you have a 95% chance of dying in, in 18 months. Well, guess what? That means you have a 5% chance of not dying in 18 months. You understand? So if you have a 95% chance of dying in 18 months, you mm. have a 5% chance of not dying in 18 months. So that means there will be, there will be people who can deal whose bodies can deal with cancers. Not only that, but cancers appear in everybody. We all have cancers, but our body yeah. usually takes care of that. I'm sorry, you were going to say something, Doc. Um, but what's the difference in the ratio between people that actually get treatment? You say there might be a five percent chance that somebody could potentially do it by themselves. But what's the statistics well, no, for somebody that actually goes through um, treatment, such as myself? No, I, I didn't say five. I didn't say five percent without treatment. There's a five percent chance even with treatment. But there are okay. there are cases 
of spontaneous remission. It's mm-hmm. not common. Okay. It doesn't happen a lot, but it happens. And if the mm-hmm. biological system is capable, in other words, if the body is capable, even once in a million, if the mm-hmm. body has that system, has that chemistry that will allow it to spontaneously remit, that means it can happen in anybody. It's, it's mm-hmm. part of our, our capability. The human Dude. body is capable of that. I'm not sure what happens all the time. Say that again. Uh, potentially, but Alex, you're going to say potentially, potentially correct. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but if it can happen in one person, that means that the body has that capability. Um, have you, have you, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for, for a long time now uh, and I, you know, I, I see you're very active uh, with, with uh, the radio station and with the products you release and the people you help. Um, are other people that you've helped in these situations holistically that have improved with sort of cancer and, oh, and- or with cancer. Yeah. I, I haven't dealt with a lot of people who have had cancer. Um, a couple things about that. I haven't dealt with a lot of people who have had cancer. I've dealt with a couple who've had cancer and yes, one in particular stands out, a, few, a, a young guy who had colon cancer who made a recovery mm-hmm. from it. He had, he had yeah. uh, type, uh, stage three colon cancer. So I've seen oh. it happen personally once, uh, I, but I don't deal with a lot of people who have cancer. By the time somebody has cancer, not kids usually, but by the time an older person has cancer, so much has been going on in their life that it's really, you got you to make massive changes in your life. So what I tell people God forbid you get cancer, right? It's this mm. horrific diagnosis. I can't even imagine what goes through somebody's mind when they hear it. Your job is to live day to day and every day to feel good. Forget about the future. We're all living under the sword of Damocles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sword of, we're all living under this sword that's going to drop down. We never know when. Mm. Our job is not to somehow cure cancer. Our job is to have the body feel good. And the way you do that is the same thing you do is if you have arthritis, the same thing you do if you have an autoimmune disease, the same thing you do if you have any health challenge. You put the good stuff in and you keep the bad stuff out. And you work on yourself mentally and emotionally and you make sure you're connected to God. Or, you know, I say God, but I don't yeah. want anybody to be thrown off by that. You connect it to the, to the force, to the life force, and make sure every day you're living strong, you're living powerfully, you're making a difference in the world, you're doing what you can do to have a high quality of life. Don't look at the, you know, we, we become obsessed with the future and we become obsessed with our diagnosis. What we want to be obsessed with is a quality of life. And so you live every day to the maximum of your ability and mm. let chips fall where they may in the future because we all, nobody knows what's going to happen. I could, I don't have cancer, but I could die tomorrow and somebody who has cancer could live, outlive me. We don't mm. know what, what's, what's next. We don't know what's one, one minute away, let alone one month or one year away. Yeah. So yeah. every day live maximally. Make a difference in the world. <laughs> Be positive. I like that. I like that. Be a force for good. That, that's what I tell people who have cancer. If, when it's come sunny to today and i bought cider i'm definitely living for that life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what kind of cider see he has to ask the question and that's what Copperberg, this whole show is about Copperberg is just <laughs> now um ben this is the first thing that actually started the show um yes. by the way was we had a conversation one day where he said i'm drinking cider and i'm like oh cool i love apple cider i'm from vermont and we have a ton of fucking apples and apple orchards and all that good shit so he's like, I'm having cider. I'm like, oh, cool. I love cider. I give my kids cider. And he kind of looks at me like, what'd you say? And <laughs> we figured out that they're two totally different things. Now, right. you're obviously a very knowledgeable dude. Where does it all start for you, sir? Where's what? Where does everything you? Where do you where do you start from? What what led you to where you are now? Um, my bad childhood. Mm. 
my okay. traumatic childhood. I, I learned at a very young age that I got to figure out the psychological component of life, that I got to make my life. My life is going to be what I make it. I had a very traumatic childhood where I was at a, I, you know, when you're a kid, you're dependent, right? So mm-hmm. I, I was in a situation where I didn't have control over my life as a kid. And, uh, you know, God love my parents. They were beautiful people, but they didn't know how to raise kids. And so I was raised in a way where my independence was, was uh, taken, taken away from me. So I remember one day when I was a little kid, was about five years old, I went to my mom's bookcase and I pulled out a book. I can still remember the day. I can remember the smell of the wood. I can remember the house. I can remember so much. Picked out, picked out this book and it was called Between Parent and Child. And it was a book on child rearing. And they talked about how you raise your kid. And I remember I discovered this thing called psychology. I didn't know what it was, but I discovered that there was a way that you could control your mind. There was a way you could be taught. There was a way that you could have a little bit of control over not your life, but how you responded to your life. And from that point forward, from that age forward, I became just obsessed with figuring out how my mind worked. And I'm, and I'm reaping the benefits now. I mean, I've, I'm not saying that I'm a paragon of virtue in any way, shape, or form, but I do know that my life is much more about my response to my environment, my response to my circumstances, than it is about my environment and my circumstances. And I think that is the most powerful lesson that we can learn in life, that how we, we don't have control over what shows up, but we have control over, the resp- over our response to what shows up. And that, to me... That's the message that I want to get out to people is we have a, we don't have a control over viruses in the world, but we have control over how our body responds to viruses. We don't have control over how uh, the circumstances that our life shows up in our circumstances, are our circumstances, but we have some control over how we respond to those circumstances. And that's how it all developed for me. And, and I spend literally every day, every single day of my life studying and learning, not just about the body, Although I love studying about the body, not just chemistry and biology, which I love, but about the mind and about spirituality I, and about our, our mental and emotional natures. I've been learning, well, uh, me and Tom, and, you know, we've been learning this year about spirituality and the, the power of the mind. And I do another show as well called The Shrewsbury Biscuit. Uh, so I, I do speak to What's a lot of people. The Shrewsbury, the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. It's uh, I'm, I live nice. in a town called, called Shrewsbury, birthplace of Charles Darwin. Um, and, oh, you know, nice. Um, <laughs> uh, we spoke to uh, many uh, amazing people that talk about the, the power of the mind and spirituality okay because the way i explain it is is i was a bit of a bit of a cynic when it came to that shit right because i was kind of mm. like oh, well i've never seen it happen so obviously it's not true because i'm a sociopath right but <laughs> but <laughs> I, i've spoken to a lot of people and, and peter bedard was one of the mo- one of the guys that we spoke to that absolutely like his, his, Say his name again. peter bedard is from convergence tees I'm going to look him up yes please do because he was a found dancer um, a found dancer who destroyed his body he, it was a, a terrible accident and, oh Peter um, Bedard I was on his show I, Bedard I, yeah he's amazing yeah, sorry, yes, he's amazing amazing. He's amazing. Uh, yeah, I had him uh, on my show too and we were on each other's show yes he's an amazing man he had a near death experience and yeah, wonderful yes. human being yeah absolutely amazing guy and his conversation with me and tom both me and tom for the whole conversation were like 
Yeah. No fucking way. He's got an amazing story. Uh, and a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to an amazing lady on the Shrewsbury Biscuit called June Meager. Uh, and she's uh, been doing this for 40 years. Uh, 40 years, she's been training uh, about meditation, spirituality. Nice. She's been nice. doing this. She's trained some of the biggest names in the UK that are doing this. Um, and I've learned so much. Uh, this year, I have learned to meditate. I've That's learned to awesome. meditate. Awesome. Honestly, I've had awesome. some some real breakthrough moments. I'm not I'm not going to sit there awesome. and say I'm a meditation expert, but I now know how to do it. I That's so it cool. That's so cool. To me, it's the most single most important thing you could do for your health is meditate. Mm -hmm. I've had a meditation practice for many many years, and I crave it. I I, yes. I I don't. Sometimes when I meditate, I don't want to stop. You know, I have to force myself to stop. It is the most delicious. I don't understand how people. Not everybody does it because it's like a vacation for your mind. It's like. Yeah. It's it really like, is. It's the most beautiful thing, right? It's like mm. your mind, a hot tub for your mind. It is the coolest, most beautiful experience. And so much of our, because we said earlier, as we said earlier, so much of our health challenges are mental and emotional because of duress. You know, when you think a crappy thought, you make crappy hormones. And when you make crappy hormones, your body shuts down. You have mm. a hormone called cortisol. I'm sure you guys have heard of this hormone called cortisol. It's a stress hormone that shuts down your immune system. Well, when you get a credit card bill and you can't pay it and you're freaked out, your cortisol goes up and your immune system goes down. Your girlfriend breaks oh. up with you or your mother yells at you or, you know, your boss fires you, whatever it is, your cortisol goes up, your immune system goes down. Meditation is one of the best ways to lower cortisol. It's one of the ultimate way to lower cortisol, to increase your life. It's so many benefits to meditation from a physiologic perspective, but just not even physiologic, just for the mind to take chill out. Just to take a, a nice break. It's the most beautiful yeah. experience. Right? I mean, I can see Alex smiling. I know what you're, you're no, feeling no, it, right? It's the most yeah. beautiful thing. And that's why I smoke weed because I get that every single time. And it doesn't take <laughs> meditation, unfortunately. I know what you're saying. And I smoke pot. I smoked a lot of pot. I haven't smoked in yeah. many years. Well, no, I haven't smoked in about 20 years. But but I did smoke a lot of pot. So I'm very experienced with the, with the stoned experience. Being stoned is like a – it's like a pale imitation of meditating because when you meditate – I'll tell you why. When you meditate, you get all the benefits of being stoned, the creativity, the peace of mind, the relaxation. But when you're done meditating, you feel great. How do you feel after you've been stoned? You can't say you feel great. After, at least I can't say I did. I bet I felt great after I smoked you know, two or three hits. I might have been feel great for a little bit, but then a couple hours later, I can't say I was feeling great. Can you? Um, I can actually, because yeah. I've been doing it for such a long period of time. And the thing is like, I actually took, uh, took it off for the month of Lent. We were, me and Alex made a gentleman's bet. We, we're like, failed, hey, by let's... The way. we failed miserably. Uh, <laughs> uh, someone failed and someone just kind of went along with his best friend. Cause he was like, I don't want him to go through this alone. I might as well get high. It was St. Patrick's day. And I was kind of like, I, I love you guys it. Young still. I'm guessing you're not 40 yet. Either of you guys are 40, right? I'm 33. Okay. You're I'm like, I'm, I'm working out oh, 34. Yeah. So I'm working on it. Uh, you guys are kids. So you haven't really been smoking that long unless, you know, you start when you're 10 or something. I, don't, I, I don't, actually started when I was 12. Okay. So you've been smoking a while. I, I don't smoke. I don't, not hacking? I don't, no. Not um, hacking. I don't. No, no, no. I, I became responsible. 
Um, I vape. Yeah. Yep. I I vape, but um, I still smoke flour. I grow my own flour. That's how it works in Vermont. You have to actually like cultivate your own cannabis. We don't have dispensaries or none of that. So I see. I see. All my uh, you know, cannabis is fully organic. I grow in my basement. I control everything that goes into it. I I take like two or three rips, and that's pretty much it. And that's one of the things that Lent did for me was it brought my tolerance way down. I've been smoking for so long that my tolerance was all the way up here, and now it's so little that when I do take a few hits, I feel good. I feel relaxed and I feel like the sun's a little brighter. And I understand that um, meditation can do that for you. But like the moment I get up with my hectic life, I live the kids, the wife, the job. The first thing I do is get up and go. Like I have wake and bake. Um, generally not anymore. I used to be like every couple hours I'd rip except at work where, you know, I obviously wouldn't, but like um, my days off and shit would be consumed by it. Now it's like th- those three hits that you just saw me take are the ones that I'm going to take until probably bedtime. So just those, because that was, pot, that was pot that you were vaping. Oh, I, well, not, not vaping what I was smoking in my pipe. Um, how concentrated, how much THC do you know? Is it like, 20%? um, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, I was growing blueberries. So that's like a 75% THC. They're pretty no, high now. Yeah. What seventy five? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't fuck around, man. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, it, you'd be lucky to get ten percent. I can't even. Yeah. I can't even and, imagine. They used to have was, me, and they used to have this green stuff, and we would think it was the, the greatest thing ever because it wasn't brown and seedy, and you you know you have no idea what pot used to look like back in the day. Like I do actually. <laughs> My mom's a 65-year-old lady, and she's uh, been enjoying cannabis since she was 18. She's told me everything, and she used to get some of the shittiest weed. It was the crappiest. Oh, my God. Alex, you have not said anything in a long time. Let me give you the opportunity to do so. Yeah, well, I mean, this is where me and Tom differ, and this is why I love doing what we do. Because I don't smoke weed. I, I don't. I used to when I was younger, but it was a young. It was very much a young Alex thing. Plus, mm-hmm. uh, one of the, the the biggest sort of influences for me is my wife is Colombian. She doesn't like drugs, so out of honor for her, I stay away from drugs because she the whole Pablo Escobar kind of thing. It kind of yeah. it's a shadow over many Colombians, so she stays away from all that shit. Right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. When it came to when it came to meditation for me, it was. It's very unexpected, and it, it took me to uh, places that I'd never thought I would even think awesome. about, never mind go. The first time I ever did it, so I practiced a few times, never really got there. I found a really good app. I've got it on my phone. I've forgotten what it's called because I don't it's use it anymore. Um, Let's see let me find it. Headspace. Um, uh, where is it called? What's it called? I've meditated when I did yoga. I've done hot yoga a few times. I've done like regular yoga a few times. If I've ever like actually experienced meditating, it's in those situations. I do better meditating with the group. What um, if, what's up? I was going to say, there's a different, you know, there's a difference between thinking and knowing you're thinking or watching your thinking. Like to think so a is- thought, that's a very important distinction. We all think, nobody doesn't think. But to actually turn the thinking process around and to watch the thinking process is extremely powerful because what happens is you create this feedback. You actually see the thought process happening and you become disassociated from the thought. So you're not attached to the thought as much. We Mm -hmm. lose our lives in the sense that we spend them thinking all the time. But when we watch our thoughts, it creates this sense of disconnection where all of a sudden you're there but you're not thinking, you're watching the thinking. You're, you've separated yourself from the thought process 
And that is a very powerful place to be. It's very powerful indeed because, like, it's called Let's Meditate, by the way, what I use. It's just a little app. It was just a, a little bit of music. And breathe in. Breathe out. And breathe out. You know, one of them sort of things. So once I'd learned, once I, that was like my training wheels, that app was, you know, um, and I remember like it was it was like I was still living at my mother-in-law's which is more context for Tom than anything else I was this was last year in the summer and I was sat like the sun was coming through the blinds there was a breeze I was sat on the bed and I went to my meditation and whereas I tried before I was kind of like well nothing's happening this time I had completely centered myself and I was 14 or 15 and I was in the army cadets and we'd mm. spent um hours putting together this huge tent huge tent um and we the 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 adults they were like right you got half an hour to chill out before whoever's going to use the tent's going to turn up just lay around in the grass and i went and lay on my own inside the tent and i was lying just watching the sun peering through the cracks in the thing watching the 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 wind come sort of take the tent in and inhale and exhale and i was there the weirdest most random place where i could possibly go alex you were just 14 I was for no, that was that's where I went with your meditation. That's ah, where I you was went. In. I see what you say, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You went to back to fourteen. So it was the most beautiful thing, wasn't it? It was just relaxing. It was that moment where we were all we were all like breathing out of our ass because we just put this tent up, and then we got this moment of calm mm. where we can relax again, and I that's where I've gone to. Isn't that beautiful? You just when you when you get to that state, you're anti-aging. You're fighting disease. Your bones and your and your connective tissue are growing. You're forming more. You're forming more neural connections. Your heart is functioning better. Your excretory organs are functioning better. Your skin is clearing toxins. All the benefits of physiology are up being upregulated when you get into that meditative state. It's the single most important thing you could do to support biological physiologic health. And so if you're, you were talking about cancer earlier, one of the most powerful things you could do to deal with cancer, I'm not saying it's a cure for cancer, but to deal with cancer is to start a meditation practice. And one of the most powerful therapies for dealing with cancer is to do what football players do. What do football players do before they go out to a game? And I'm picking on football players, but baseball players and golfers and basketball players, all performance athletes, they visualize, they, they act, they, they picture where they want to be. They picture what they want to happen using visualization techniques. We want to learn to live our lives like performance athletes because we are performance athlete, athletes because just getting your butt out of bed in the morning is a performance athletic event. Just doing your day is a performance athletic event. And guess what? The Seattle Seahawks, they meditate. The Chicago Bulls, they meditated. Perf high power performance athletes whose livelihoods depend on how well they perform understand meditation and understand visualization. So this is much more than just some kind of airy-fairy sort of, uh, you know, new age, hippy-dippy kind of thing. Yes, go ahead. So, um, so do you assume that's maybe why nostalgia is such a big thing in people's lives? Because it makes us feel good and it kind right. of like translates. You know, you know what the word nostalgia means? Nostalgia. Alga is pain. Nostalgia means pain for home. Nost means home. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's what the word nostalgia means. So you're saying, do you think nostalgia is good? Nostalgia is actually painful. It means homesickness. Uh, okay, fair enough. But I'm uh, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is like the way that Alex goes back to a great memory when he was 14 in the uh -huh. Army Cadets, and the, you're agreeing that that yes. type of situation makes your body feel better. I yes. feel that nostalgia does the same thing. When you go back and rewatch the movies that you like, when you uh, go back to places that you love. 
you don't, you know, when I feel nostalgic, I, and I, I feel nostalgic for the nineties sometimes you guys were kids, yeah. in the 90s, right? Do you, do you feel that way too? the nineties? It seems like, that, right. But yeah. I find that it's almost not comfortable. There's something like I miss it. Like I, I yeah. want, right. It's not a, it's, I wouldn't say it's a, it's, it's a good feeling necessarily. It's a good feeling. What I remember about the nineties was good, but I wish I was back there. You know, I want to, when I think, when I see those things, I'm like, God, I want to be back in the nineties for me. Also the seventies, you know, I want to be back in the seventies. So I don't know necessarily that that going back to that time period is necessarily a good thing. Also makes you feel good. Cause it seems to me like when I go back there, there's a kind of ambivalence. It's yeah, it's, it's good, but I wish I was there. You know, I well, miss it. One of the best things about this show is we've managed to kind of like make this really nice neutral ground when it comes to terms like that, because you say it's kind of painful and long, but what we've done with the show is we bring like our nostalgia to us. That's one of the greatest benefits that we've actually accomplished. As, yeah, We get to relive it by, yeah. you know, uh, talking about it with yeah. the people that influence those parts in our lives. That's like yeah. one of the once again, the greatest thing about doing the show yeah. a couple of weeks ago, we had Billy West on. He was one of our favorite, uh, uh, voice actors and one of our favorite, uh, adult cartoon shows growing up. Yeah. He was a yeah. Um, no, Futurama. he was on Futurama. Yep. Futurama. He did, uh, all those characters that very, very awesome dude. And by talking to him, it was like reliving some of my favorite stuff, but in a positive futuristic way and not so yeah. much dwelling, on the past. It's like yeah. a weird, happy medium. It's like, it's like, exactly. There's like both sides to it. Cause yes. it's delicious. Like when I think about the nineties, God, I miss the nineties, you know, but then on the other hand, I, I wish I had a time machine. You know, I want to be back in the nineties. I want to be 30. I, I feel that sometimes too. I do feel like when you, when you hear a song and you're like, Oh, Oh my God! No responsibilities, no bills yeah, we, to pay. I know, no I job know. to go to, no kids to run around after. I know. You know. But you know what's funny is, you know, don't you feel like your dad or something would say something like that? Like when you were growing up, he would say, "Oh, it's so much Turn fun." Turn music down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I wonder if every generation says that. Like somebody's going to actually think 2021 was nostalgic. You know, somebody in 2050 will say, "I remember it was so peaceful and we had freedom and we could travel wherever we wanted back in 2021 and 2020." Now everything's all the matrix, and you know everything's all controlled. Can, can you picture that in the future? Like yeah, in the future, it's going to be, be controlled. That this is going to the time we're living in now is going to be something you're nostalgic for. As miserable as like it, it's going to be, I, this is going to be the time that you're nostalgic for. I feel like I feel like when you speak about your the version of nostalgia, you know the kind of the pain, the longing to be back in that bubble. You know, I wish I could have just stayed at home yeah. and listened to my music, be surrounded by the movies and the games and the, yeah. the things yeah. that I love and order dominoes, as much dominoes as I could possibly <laughs> afford, you know? Like, uh, when people think about lockdown and, and what happened, people are going to be wanting them ties back because I'm not being funny, but the last couple of weeks I've been out and about doing things and I've realised I kind of fucking hate people. <laughs> like, <laughs> <they're just> terrible. <laughs> you know, sorry, did you ever hear of Sartre, Jean-Paul Sartre, the philosopher? He's a French philosopher. He said, hell is other people. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, see, I, li I like other people, but I don't like doing things per se. Like, I love doing things with my family. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, kind of raising my kids to, you know, be people themselves, which really takes all the attention and focus away from the things that I truly enjoy. I get this. Um, 
I have a six-year-old to be soon to be seven or no, five-year-old soon to be six, um, a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old. Three kids. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I like to fuck. And I, I have really bad pull-out games. It's so. not necessary to have kids just because you like to have sex. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, yeah, there are things you can do, but I mean, Let's like, just roll not, like, those dice pretty much, you know, <laughs> it, it's fun to live dangerously, I guess. And you know what? The outcome of it wasn't like, you know, the usual one, like, oh, should I, you know, I had a couple of drinks, should I drive that type of thing? It's more of like, well, the worst thing that's going to happen throughout this whole situation is we have a whole new, like, person to love and something that's that true. grows our family. Yeah. So it's like the best of the worst outcomes. You want more kids? No, I got myself a uh, vasectomy because, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm smart, Ben. I, I like that's money enough. too. That's you enough. That's enough. Yes, I do. I have, I have four. So I got three of my ex. Four kids. Yeah. I, well, I was young, and all I ever wanted when I was younger was a family. So I had my first eighteen. Uh, oh with, the, with, with the wrong girl though so i have we had three with her um and i am now with my wife we've got our own a, a child as well so they come to see me and stuff uh my, my other three so mm-hmm. yeah what do you guys do for work what do you guys do for, for I'm, I'm, a, I'm a support worker i work with uh, like vulnerable young adults that have come out of care very uh, cool care leavers and stuff yeah and i work at a manufacturing plant where we make helmets for soldiers oh is that right in vermont yeah yeah, it's pretty cool. We're like an armor ballistics type company. We make helmets, we make, you know, body armor, that type are of helmets, thing. Are helmets really high tech now? Um, Yeah, yeah. They're made out of like, uh, you know, like interesting plastics and shit. It's really interesting. Like I used to mold the helmets and that's the process and how you make a helmet from a bunch of material into a ballistic helmet that can take a shot from a bullet or shrapnel, what have you. And uh, it, it's all like material. It's it's very interesting, very intricate. Are they wired like electronically, and are they like information processors built into them and stuff? That's something I don't think I can talk about per oh, se. Okay. But I, I can say that that's the type of technology that's definitely out there. Usually, when you have a helmet, you'd have a HUD system. You'd have yeah. uh, body armor, which tells you which way shots are coming from. That type wow. of thing, like a universal soldier shit, like <laughs> essentially anything you see on Call of Duty. I'm sure there's a version of that wow. somewhere. Out there. Yeah, absolutely. So military has gotten so it's like alien technology or something. No, you you'd be amazed. Like, have you ever seen how a snowboard's made by chance? Uh-uh, no. Uh, well, and I say this um, because I've done both. I made snowboards for Burton Manufacturers. They're one of the biggest snowboard companies in the world. Also, happen to be Vermont locals. Not anymore, of course. They sent their business overseas because they love Vermont. Um, anyways, <laughs> while they were here, they had a factory down I love in Vermont, Vermont too, by the way. Oh, thank you. I, I, I am. Oh, I, I didn't love Vermont for a long time. It, it are you took not me from Vermont? Um, I'm a New, I'm from uh, New York, actually. I'm from New York too. Oh, really? We're in New York, Queens. Ah, see, you're from real New York. I'm from Poughkeepsie, like the bastard oh, yeah, stepchild right. of New York. That's yeah, like an right. hour away. You never want right. to see me. Right. You know, you kind of send your garbage and shit. Yeah, yeah. Now you're all in New England. Now you're all in New England. Yep, my my dad was an IBMer. He got shipped up here, you know, for the prosperity of better jobs, but higher uh, taxes. So, regardless, yeah. <laughs> um, I made snowboards, and really, all it is is just you know stacking of material. It starts off with the uh, the bottom of the snowboard, which is like a vinyl thing, and then a bunch of fiberglass, and eventually wood core, some slots for the board, the bindings guard, and then the top graphic, and all these very loose things by themselves are very fragile stacked together, put with enough heat and enough resin, and all of a sudden, bam, you have something that can take you off 20-foot jumps and whatnot. Wow. So it, it's a process similar to that. 
Do you board? Obviously, you board. Yes. Um, I don't get to board as much as I'd like to because obviously houses don't pay for themselves. Last time I checked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does your wife work? Uh, yeah, yeah. She's the smart one. She actually gets paid really well for what she does. Yeah. I, I don't mean to be interviewing you, but. No, no, no you're good. I, 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 I love talking, baby. I love that you're doing what you're doing. Like you don't Thank have you. to do this, but you're, you're motivating to express yourself, to try to make the world a little bit better, to, to, to promote it, bring information out to the world. That's really cool that you're doing that. I, I, love, I love your generation. I'm fascinated with millennials and with Zoomers. You know about the Zoomers? Like the generation to come, you guys are going to change the world. I love, I love your energy. I love that you want, you don't buy the, bull, you don't buy into bullshit. You hate bullshit mm. as a generation. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to lump everybody into one. No, no, no. we're not, we're not that PC, Ben. We're all good. Okay, as a generation, you're really, you're really uh, purpose driven. You're really mm. dedicated to making a difference and to uh, having a, a mission and to having a, mm. a sharing a message with the world and making the world a better place. The boomers, like my, I'm at the end of the boomer beginning of Gen X kind of thing. We really mm. fuck things up. Yeah, I, I, I owe you an apology. That's, on behalf of my generation, I want to apologize. But it's really beautiful to see what you guys are doing. And I, I have a business, you know, my skin business, where I hire a lot of millennials and a lot of Zoomers. And it's just a pleasure to work with, with that kind of mindset where you're sort of, you understand how to use technology. You want to use technology for good. And look at you guys. You're spending a Saturday doing a podcast. You could be doing anything, you know, going out and doing whatever you want. You're sitting here trying to promote, uh, make the world a better place to to share information, to to uh, promote messages and ideas that help make the world a better place. It's really cool. This is why I love working with TV Guestbook because the the, 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 the wide the, array, they're amazing. Jack, Jackie's amazing. Yeah, she um, is amazing. Jackie Jordan, uh, I know her because she knows she's got family in Shrewsbury, and they were like, "Ah, oh, you should uh, speak to uh, Jackie Jordan." We don't know, and so it starts. Uh, it's been a year now, and we've been working mm. with TV Guestbook, and we've learned so much. Uh, oh fuck! And yes. yeah, and I love doing what we do because I mean, I come from—I've just come from a safari park now. I've been out for the whole day in the sun, which is why I'm like drinking cider and enjoy it because I've had a great day with the family. I'm cel- kind of celebrating the fact that we've been able to go out and have a great day, right? Um, so, mm. but I'm still eager to come and speak to you, Ben, because I love finding out about people. It's all about—it's all about taking your story and letting people hear that because I think it's very important that people hear about you. You know, and what you're what you're doing with your life because you are helping people. Thank you. Know, you. you a great job. That. I appreciate that. You know, um, so tell people about where you know where people can find you and how people can access. Okay, so I do a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats. Uh, I have a degree in broadcast journalism, actually, and I love radio. You know, before mm. the internet, I just love radio. It's such a great medium to me. So uh, I have a radio program called The Bright Side, which I do every day. I've done it every day now for eleven years. And there's tons of archives, and I call it the. It's a health show, but uh, I, it's it's really an inspiring show, an inspiration show, a motivational show. I consider myself to be a motivational speaker. You know, I I change. I had motivational speakers change my life. Anthony Robbins changed my life. You know, Jim, old guys you probably never heard of, but guys like Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn, and you know, there's a lot. I love motivational speakers. I always feel great after listening to a motivational speaker, and so I wanted to do that. I want to give that to people, have people be motivated. To, make their lives better after listening to me. And that's what The Bright Side is. It's a motivational show about health. Uh, uh, Ostensibly, it's just about nutritional supplementation and physical health. But we talk about meditation. We talk about spirituality. We talk about the New World Order and the Matrix and, you know, all the ways that our our souls are being crushed and how you don't have to have your soul soul being crushed. Just 
if you're aware and you wake up to things. So the, I do the bright side and we have archives, 11 years of archives, and it's great health information. I have a very unique way of looking at the body and a unique, unique take on healing and on health. And so that's what the bright side is all about. Uh, and you can Google pharmacist Ben and the bright side. It's on YouTube and you can check me out there. I have tons of videos. If you just Google pharmacist Ben, you'll get all kinds of videos. And then I also have my skincare, which I love working with skin. And I love formulating skincare products. And I have, I developed this completely radical way of taking care of your skin topically. I had a pharmacy for many years, what's called a compounding pharmacy. And that's a pharmacy where you actually make the medicine. Usually pharmacists dispense medicine. Compounding pharmacist makes medicine. And I had a compounding pharmacy for the skin where I would create prescription medication for people who had topical problems, ac acne, rosacea, eczema, psoriasis, people who had burns or people who had... Uh, surgery, who wanted to prevent post-surgical scarring. I create products for them. What I discovered was when people healed their skin, their skin was more beautiful. So I turned my healing products into beauty products. And I started a company called Truth Skin Health. And uh, I have uh, numerous formulations that you can purchase, which were formerly prescriptions, but now they're over the counter. The reason I, my prescription products were, avail uh, were uh, I could convert them into over-the-counter products is because I was using nutrition. I never used drugs. So all my prescription products were really topical nutrition products. So I use a lot of vitamin C, a lot of vitamin E, a lot of poly, uh, minerals, polyelectrolytes. And you can check those out at truthtreatments.com. We have 1,700 plus four and five star reviews, which we started uh, gathering up last year. So over the, in, I guess, about 14 months now, we have actually 16 months. We have uh, gathered 17, over 1,700 four and five star reviews, which you can check out at truthreviewed.com. Dot com. So truthtreatments.com for my products, truthreview.com uh, for the reviews. And then I also have a blog, pharmacistben.com. And I also have another website, criticalhealthnews.com, where I do interviews. And we have uh, nutritional supplement products. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I got to look that up. My wife's always into taking care of her skin, so I'm going to have to get me some of that, Ben. I'm not going to lie. Well, I'll tell you what. Since you're such a good egg, Tom and Alex, why don't you send me your, your mailing address and I'll send you out some stuff. Wow! Awesome! Heck yeah! I'll tell you what. Oh. We'll even uh, we'll we'll test out. We'll review it. There Why you not? go. If but you can go that far, actually, my the products I developed require a whole a little bit different, uh, a little understanding about how to apply products. You got to use them. You don't use them like regular products. So mm. if I send them out to you, you got to promise me that you're going to call me or write me or somehow con connect up with me so I can guide you through it. Because Heck they're yeah. not let's, do let's do that. Let's do that. Absolutely. Right. What we can do is we can make a proper vlog. We can make a vlog. Oh, they've arrived. Okay. We'll record a conversation with yes. you. Okay, I like what how you do. think there, Alex. I like that. <laughs> a millennial, right? Zoomer. That's Alex, what Alex exactly. I love that you're thinking about me. See that? I'm like, I do vlog stuff. And you're like, I'm going to give Tom content because I love him. There we I go. love you, buddy. What are we going to yeah. do? Um, yeah, I would love to do that because awesome. I do love... I do like to look after my skin. You know, first thing I do when I get a shower is I'm a, I'm, I'm a bold Master guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like to I like to look after my skin, so I moisturize straight away. I like a nice coconut body butter. That's what I like to use. You know, just poof, straight over my face, uh, and it looks. Well, like you're my gonna skin. love the truth. <laughs> In fact, I'll send you a video. I did a video for this lady. For uh, actually, Jackie sent me um, a connection. Made a connection with me with a TV producer, and I sent her some product. And then I made a little video for her. Uh, when I sent you the prize, so I'll send you out this video. It's you know I, I talked to her, but but you guys can can give you it'll give you a sense on how to use the product. So send me a good email for both of you, 
and then yes. send your mailing address, your snail mail address, like it sends. Absolutely, you. Alex, my skin is gonna be ten times better than yours. I'm just telling <laughs> you that right you. now for free. I, but I, I, I really do. You're I think I can follow directions better than you can. Just gonna no. say, you're you're a kid though. Alex is is a year old. <laughs> Don't make can excuses I, for him. Uh, I want to ask you because I feel like it's important, and I'm not shitting on anyone. Maybe kind of shouldn't say this. I don't know. Goop. Where do you stand with Goop? It's I've the old way. It's, it's old school. Yeah. yeah. It's old school. All that stuff. Everything is old school. I'm revolutionizing skin how people use skincare products. So when you compare it to other products, it's like old school. This is a yeah. whole new way of taking care of your skin. What I did, and I learned this in the pharmacy. Actually, you know what? I didn't tell you this, but when I was in, you, you guys heard of Blistex, Lip Medicine Blistex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's useful. Well, like the culture, guy who invented Blistex was one of my professors at pharmacy school. What? And so the Blistex research facility was in the basement of the School of Pharmacy at the University of Colorado, where I went to school. And I got had this incredible experience at pharmacy school. I got to spend four years in the Blistex lab while getting my internship hours. While all my colleagues were getting internship hours in drugstores, I was getting my internship hours in the Blistex lab. So I learned how to heal the skin. And that's really the secret. If you can't put your favorite moisturizer or wrinkle product or anti-aging product, whatever, on a cut and have it accelerate the healing of that cut, it's not a real product. It's a baloney product. So take your goop. The next time you have a cut, take your goop, put it on a cut, and watch what happens. Then mm. take my Truth Transdermal C Serum or my Truth Omega-6 Healing Cream or any of the Truth products I send you, put it on a cut and watch what happens. Shaving cuts or burns or you know, baby's diaper rash, sunburn, whatever. All my truth treat, treatment products are anti-aging products, but you can put them on cuts. Those. And that's the true mark of an of a effective skincare product. Can it heal your skin or accelerate the healing of your skin? And if it does, then you got a real product. All my truth treatments will accelerate the healing of broken skin. Wow. My, my, cheap, my cheap version of anti-aging is to shave. I look about 12. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely correct. Shaving helps stimulate new connective tissue, just the exfoliation by shaving. Yeah. Is that why they say that your hair grows back faster when you shave it? Kind of, sort of. When your hair, when you shave, you stimulate things. But exfoli- you know what exfoliation is? Have you heard that term? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exfoliation is one of the most important things you could do to anti-age your skin. And shaving is a natural form of exfoliation. Hmm. I, use, yeah. I use one of those net poofs to wash with. I don't know what that is. Got to. One of those, uh, like it's like a sponge, but it's like a net all tied into. Oh yeah, yeah, loofah pad, like a loofah. Yeah, we call them loofahs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's lost in translation. Welcome to you. Blast myself with that, and I feel so good afterwards. You know. And it also helps stimulate your lymph. You know what your lymph is? Have you heard of your lymphatic system? Your lymphatic system is your detoxification system, and dry brushing or exfoliating with a loofah pad is a great way to stimulate lymphatic movement and drainage of toxicity. Great anti-cancer strategy, by the way. You know, you were talking about cancer earlier. A lot of cancers are caused by clogged lymph or, or stagnation in the lymph. And that's dry brushing or using a loofah is a great way to move the lymph. See, there's all these great techniques and great strategies that we can leverage and take advantage of to maximize our health. And we're just not told any of these things. I'll tell you what, Ben. I feel like we could do another hour with you easily. I think we should call this chapter one. What do you reckon? Okay, Let's so call this chapter We'll do a chapter two after you get your after you get your products. Yeah. And a little bit. We'll do a chapter two. Fuck yeah, yes. let's do that, please, because I feel like I could chat to you. Uh, chapter two, Ben Fuchs. Ben Fuchs. There we go. Written down.
and we're going to organise this because I feel like I could speak to you again for another hour. We need to get out of it though because Tom's like, oh, it's date night with the wife. I want to go and get dressed up and look sexy for the wife. Cause Enjoy he's- your day. Enjoy your day, guys. I'll expect an email from you. I'll put a package out and we'll, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Awesome. Tell, tell people again where they can find you, Ben. Truth Treatments with an S. Treatments.com for my True Skin Health products, The Bright Side for my radio program, and Pharmacist Ben com and criticalhealthnews.com for my blog amazing awesome. guys uh, we, we we have a website too um uh, don't do the spiel uh, tom I'm, I'm kind of expelling you from that today uh, we've got <laughs> our website is uh network.com and that's powered by our friends at web orchard if you need a website that looks just as good as ours make sure you go see website because uh, our friend uh, Pete White will sort you out, good and proper. Uh, we also have uh, the Usuk Chronicles with Jamie Westwood and Tom Stevens, and this one is uh, is with Jeremy Saffer. Um, great interview they did there. Um, make sure you check out everything that the Usuk Chronicles guys do because it's fantastic. Our latest episode, um, uh, pff, probably not now. Uh, this is going to go out two weeks, but look, check. Make sure you check out our interview with the amazing Billy West. Um, he voiced uh, a lot of characters from Futurama. He was in Ren and Stimpy. He did Bugs Bunny, Amalford, the Red M&M. The Weekly Bazaar. Uh, it's the end of an era because I, I've, I've finished that show now. Uh, I'm not doing it anymore because I'm on the radio. Got me on radio show, uh, Ben. You did. Uh, yeah, this is called Naughty Talk with Alex Whiteley. <laughs> you got it for this one too, you beautiful yeah, bastard. Okay. Yeah, you I did. I got it right here beautiful yeah. i love it go listen to naughty talk i'm gonna listen to it because i love the radio it's amazing splash damage radio it's on and it's every thursdays at uh 8 p.m which would be like yeah. 3 p.m my time yes 3 p.m your time yeah. and we play just naughty's music and i talk yeah. that's why it's called naughty yeah. talk <laughs> take care fellas all, all right. right thank you very much Good see you later see- ben Bye, guys. When it comes to culture either side of the Atlantic, no one does it better. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you You Sucks What's the Difference podcast with Alex Whiteley and Tom Bruno.